0: I'm Bill Finn. You may remember me from other popular podcasts like This American Lice, Daycare Disasters, and The Crafty Brewtown Strangler, the Limited Edition Killer. Take it from me a good podcast is like a fine wine, perfect for binging. It's season three of the Bait and Switch Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. My name is Jim Martin, along with my co-host, Chris Beyer. Houston, Texas is our city of the day.
0: Lately, we've been talking about where a lot of our downloads are coming
1: right. from. Right. Well, that was getting to that. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I, just I'd, I just thought I'd play along
0: with it. Okay, well, okay fine.
1: So today, we've been talking about a lot of uh, where our downloads are coming from. Sure. <laughs> And Houston, Texas popped up as our fourth largest download city. And I have a a theory about that. All right, let's hear it. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's from the area, Pewaukee, right? Yeah. I'm sure that he and all the Texans have been listening. I'm sure he's gathered them around every Monday. Mm -hmm. And I'm expecting that any day now, he'll just pop in on one of our podcasts, probably. Perhaps. Just so he knows, we record every other Monday or so, about 8
0: o'clock. I'm assuming if he doesn't have Monday Night Football, then he's available.
1: Right. Well, the football season's over now.
0: Yeah. So yeah, every Monday is free.
1: Right. We can talk about that a little bit. The Super Bowl yesterday.
0: Maybe we can get TJ in here. We can you know, start with him and then work our way up.
1: Right. Right. Well, I mean, TJ's no slouch. I believe I ran into JJ Watt at Jimmy John's one time.
0: You wouldn't hmm. remember this? Well, I was with it. Because he's uh, a I was mountain the, of a man.
1: He, he is. And that's why I don't know if it was him or his brother. Okay. So here's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's not get into that. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute, but we've got more important things to... Sorry, JJ. We've got more important things to talk about right now. Tonight, our guest, we have father, husband, author of the new book, Raise Your Standards, The Definitive Guide to Building Seven-Figure Sales. Mr. Mark Evans joins us today. Thank you for coming in, Mark.
2: Oh, well, thank you for having me. I mean, uh, you know, J.J. J. Watt, me. I mean, I'm just warming the audience. It's always. no, no
0: contest. Like say, yeah. No contest. No, you yeah. said new book. How new is this yeah. book?
2: November. Published yeah. in November twenty third, just a couple of days before Thanksgiving. Two thousand nineteen. Okay. Yeah. Two thousand nineteen. Our listeners in twenty forty
0: six. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> understand. By then, it'll finally have taken off. <laughs> we'll have more than the six listeners we have now. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> by then, we'll have twelve. Let me throw this out there: the you see those late night infomercials, mm-hmm. right? About turning real estate around and making millions of dollars. Yep. The first thing people say: Well, if this guy has made so much money doing his particular uh, sales technique, why is he writing a book? So, uh, for anybody that writes a book like this- wow, no, straight, no, out no, straight out of the gate, no, but I'm just saying, you know, do you want to give away your secrets?
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I will always give away all the secrets, and I'm not Scrooge McDucking it, you know, backstroking in uh, gold bullion coins or anything like that. But yeah I've, yeah, I've had some success. Yeah, I've had some success <laughs> in sales, and uh, I was really fortunate. I had a ton of mentors when it came to sales. Uh, when I started off in my career, I was god awful, just not good at all. But luckily, I had a lot of really good mentors who just guided the path, and for some whatever reason, would take me by the hand and just say, like, hey, like, dummy, like, don't go that way, go this way, like, follow this path um and so this is my way of paying it back and uh, unfortunately i lost one of my really good mentors a couple years ago his name's pete uh due to uh pancreatic cancer Mm, um and so that's really well part of this book and that's what really inspired me is one day he was telling me before he was sick he said you know one day i'm going to write a sales book i'm going to put all my best knowledge in it he never got a chance to write that book and so i thought i'd kind of do that as a way to honor him and uh yeah just continue to pass on
0: yeah but general mm-hmm. field, are you in sales?
2: Yeah, well, my background is in medical sales, and then I also was in the staffing and recruiting world for a long time, and then I was in the insurance world for a while. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, that's really kind of rounded out my background. But um, this book has been purchased by people in all sorts of fields, everything from, um, yeah, like IT services and solutions to engineering and everywhere in
0: between. Now, you said that you've been on a number of podcasts, mm-hmm. and they were to promote this book. Yeah. So how does one in 2019 and 2020... Mm-hmm come out with a book and then promote it. How did you go about this?
2: Yeah, well, let's start with the book. I made just about every mistake that one could possibly make when it comes to writing a book. If you Google an article, like how to write a book, one of the very first things they tell you is um, start with an outline. Ah, I never Googled ah. those articles. So yeah. I was just like, ah, let me just start plugging yeah. away. You know what? I'm, no sucker. Yeah. I'm right. not going to fall into your trap of starting exactly. with an outline. So I just started pounding <laughs> away. And uh, luckily, and bless my wife's heart, she is an English major. So she okay. is very good at editing. Uh, I'm decent at putting together some content. So I would just put together these pages and pages and she would come back with like paragraphs and paragraphs and say like, what is going on here? So luckily she was able <laughs> to really help hone the message of the book down. Uh, and then about six months into the writing process, after countless hours, I got some professional help. And so I worked with a couple of pros when it came to developmental editing. Um, and they really said, hey, here's where the book is, here's where you need to go. And like, here's kind of the treasure map that you need to follow. Okay. So that was like the best piece of advice. So any advice for Anybody out there? Like, don't try to do it yourself. Get some help, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Sure. Or Google those articles that you need to. So it took about a year, year and a half or so to actually go from start to publishing the book. I worked nice. with a company out of Austin, Texas called Scribe Marketing. Okay. Um, it was started by a guy named Tucker Max. He started the frat genre of books uh, mm. called "I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell." Very popular in like early 2000s. Mm. Um, but he started this <laughs> company that helps you publish a book. Uh, they helped me, and then once the book is launched, the writing of the book is the easiest part of the entire process um it's the actual selling and the marketing of a book okay and normally i'm a pretty um i would say private guy i don't share a lot on social media or anything like that so that's a real shift when you really have to try to trumpet a book and try to marshal like people on your social medias and stuff like right. that right. uh it's a little different it's a little weird um but that's yeah that's one of the main things of um trying to get the word out there and I've yeah i've used a lot of podcasts and that's been a great great medium uh yeah.
1: to do so well like, like you said we. You got six people who are listening to this so that's good that's good news for you man i can't wait (laughs) i saw one of your videos your social media videos Mm -hmm. i think you're on vacation and you were walking with katie and she was like (laughs) She wanted nothing. She wanted another like, Stop. And you're like, oh, she's fine with it. She's, she's like, just stop. Yeah, we were walking to dinner.
2: So we were on a yeah. date night that mm-hmm. night. And as we were taking an Uber to downtown, we were in beautiful Naples, Florida, mm-hmm. where it's like always great weather, right? It's always like 78 and sunny. And um, as we were taking a car down to downtown, we were going to have a restaurant. I got a notification um, that I was mentioned in Ink.com and in Ink Magazine, yeah, which is awesome. pretty cool. And so, yeah. yeah, I thought, like, I'll try to make this video. And uh, who wouldn't love, you know, a um live video of a balding dude in downtown Naples sure. Florida that's sure. me for that's those the that genre can't see how I that. look yeah, for. yeah. yeah most right. of the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> creepy but yeah, yeah. very <laughs> specific heart. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Now I
0: looked at the subtitle of this and it says, old selling is dead, new selling is the way to go. So briefly define what old selling means and what new selling is.
2: Yeah, well I would define the old way of selling is all about the tactics and techniques that people absolutely hate, right? Um, It's that feeling you get when you're going into a store and you're actually looking for someone and someone runs up to you and says like, hey, can I help you buy anything, right? Or can I help you find anything, right? Your immediate reaction is like, no, I'm just looking, right? Even if I'm looking for something, I will still say that, right? It's those kitschy techniques, it's those corny like um, "try it before you buy it," the puppy dog clothes stuff like that. That I got so frustrated with in seeing, and I saw a lot of um, good people enter the sales career, get bad advice, um, and try to do manipulative tactics in no. order to really try to get the sale. And I got really fed up with that because I know that that's not what selling has to be. I really think people love to buy, but they hate to be sold. And so, really, a good salesperson should just be in really the new way of selling that I think about is how do you form a. Really relationship with a person who's another person and you just treat them like a person right and you try to treat them really well and if they buy from you great if not well don't ruin the whole relationship you know yeah, based right. off of that and that's right. that's really the fundamental thesis of the entire book okay. right there so don't
1: buy it just listen to no, that. that's yeah, it yeah you're good done. <laughs> yeah. so i've lost a lot of friends because of this podcast that way okay because i say like hey you know you should listen yeah. to the podcast they say yeah i say all right you're done
0: yeah. I'm, I'm blowing up. Yeah, you're doing, you're moving on. Yeah. yeah, that relationship is over for me. So <laughs> I, I, get it. I might have to read the book because that'll,
1: that'll help me form it relationships. Yeah, it might yeah. help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
0: yeah. We're in a way, we're all in sales, right? Yeah, I we're agree. We're selling our time. We're selling our Souls. skills.
1: Souls.
2: Souls. Yeah. The devil. Mm-hmm. That's
0: right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're all in sales in one way or another. What about somebody that's not in sales mm-hmm. but is in the business of selling themselves to an employer? Do you think somebody like that would be helped by reading your book?
2: Yeah, definitely. So I think this book at its fundamental like core, right, is all about how can one person gain the trust, the rapport, and build a relationship with another person. And so I walk that through, or I walk people through that in the book of how do you build great rapport? How do you ask questions? How do you create a relationship with someone? And you do it in a um, sincere way, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what it's really all about. So yeah, I mean, from people that want to try to sell their families on living a good and virtuous life or to sell their employer on raises or on promotions, um, yeah, this book applies to all those types of people in all those situations.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds like everybody should buy this book. It
1: does. I think they yeah. should all buy this book. No, I'm Razor, not saying that <laughs> in a hard Sanders. sell way. Yeah. I'm
0: just saying it in a, no, a no, friendly way. I,
1: yeah. I, no, friendly. I, th- I think all of our listeners would benefit yeah. from having this book. And I'm just concerned
0: about their well-being. Yeah, me too. You yeah. Know, so that I, yeah. I am too. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <right>. Raising <Razor laughs> Sanders. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> By Mark Evans. Let's talk about sales in the movies. Okay. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yes. What's your opinion of that?
2: The greatest sales like five minutes ever so alec baldwin in that movie uh i think he won or was nominated for an academy award and he's literally in the movie for only seven minutes right and his famous (laughs) line is abc so alec baldwin for those that haven't let me paint a little picture here it's a rainy night uh in your downtown metro area and there's a team of salespeople some are a little more jaded a little older a little grizzled than more like jack lemon uh is in there he's one of those (laughs) grizzled salespeople um And so it's a rainy night and Alec Baldwin is brought up as the young kid. He's got the flashy Rolex, the nice suit to teach and whip these like old, stodgy, salty salespeople into shape. And so he comes in and he says, all right, there's a competition coming. I don't want to be here because you guys are a bunch of losers. Um, And he basically says, we're going to have a sales competition. First place, you get a Cadillac Eldorado. Second place, you get a set of steak knives third place you fired and uh, he goes through the whole thing of ABC right always be closing now I've seen a lot of sales who I've either hired or um, I've worked with who have watched that movie I think one too many times and uh-huh. they try to like portray Alec Baldwin sure. <laughs> and, that, and like it that. goes totally yeah, wrong right, right. and it's not a good scene but yeah, uh, yeah that one of the best like sales 10 minute movies yeah. so what seen. is
0: your opinion on always be closing
2: well I mean yeah sure right like you can always be closing You can always progress a sale well, you right. can always try to uh, improve your position It's like anything, right? It's like in football Where you're always trying to move the ball forward A couple of yards But the techniques and tactics that they're talking about I mean, you can try them But I would have a hard time sleeping or showering uh, yeah. <laughs> Later right. that evening because right. of it It's a little sleazy It's a little uh, That's why they're selling um, vacation uh, What is it? Time oh, the properties? time yeah. oh, okay
0: You know, I had one particularly sleazy salesman encounter It was a guy that sold product in my office here i'm pointing the to the windows oh the windows okay <laughs> he was a window salesman okay and he wasn't a wall salesman <laughs> yeah. and anyway uh i've got a home and an office and they're one property and i was telling this guy, I was thinking that maybe i'll go with his product for the office and uh, the different product for the home mm-hmm. and this guy got a real crazed look on his mm. face and i ended up years later meeting Somebody related to him, and he ended up getting out of the business because people like me and others complained that he was just too aggressive with his sales. Uh. But, I mean, he was in my house, and he just got this crazy look on his face like, if I didn't go his way, th- there's going to be problems. It's gonna, it's we, we, don't, was, we don't it, want any trouble. Yeah, this guy got angry. I'm embarrassed to say it, it kind of worked. I ended up I ended up buying yeah. whatever yeah. and I liked the product. But when it had That's the important thing. Yeah.
1: is <laughs> he helped you out. Yeah. You didn't know you needed help yeah. and he took care of you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> tell you at the end when I could you know review him, I was afraid to say his name because he was uh, he was a little bit off the rails on. Yeah. It. And so I did say your your salesman was aggressive when I met this person later that knew him said that he ended up getting fired because of reviews like mine. Wow. Yeah.
2: Would you have yeah. ever bought from him again? Would you... I
0: would have. I would have had a restraining order. put yeah. Against him. Would came yeah, right. near me? Would
2: yeah. you have referred your friends or family to him? No. So great. So he won in the short term, but he lost the war. Right. And I think that's where so many salespeople and just people in general forget about. Right. There's a long term um, relationship that you want to form. And yeah, that guy obviously has lost the mark.
1: Well, especially now, like you were saying, with the with the reviews that you get Mm -hmm. on social media that you can see instantly. If if you don't have between a four and five stars Mm -hmm. somewhere in there and you've got over 20 reviews. Forget it. You're if done. You, if you're three stars out of five, pfft, that's
0: garbage. Yeah. Why you know? would I? Yeah. yeah Why would right, I go for it? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So. What about uh, Tommy Boy?
2: Oh, ho, ho, ho. yes. That is a fantastic one. I think Tommy Boy is probably one of the greatest movies ever, but uh, also a great, great sales movie. That scene where he's taking the car in the uh, prospect's office mm-hmm. and demonstrating what you could happen if you save a couple of cents on your brake pads, right? right. With the, oh, the car's burning. Here are comes the coroner like <laughs> stuff like that i mean props for him for demonstrating the product right sure. and really painting a picture didn't work out for him in that case but as you see right. in the end of that movie he comes full circle um yeah, yeah it's pretty great that's yeah. a great
0: sales movie what about uh, death of a salesman death of a salesman Ooh. i don't know that it's one i've never seen that one yeah. it's a famous play okay. also, Arthur yeah, Miller. Right. yeah yep mm-hmm. and I'm, i did read the play it's i did a long too time i read ago. it in
1: like sh- i want to say what freshman year of high school it's or like something. mandatory reading yeah. I it think, was. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah it sounds kind of depressing i think maybe that's why i've uh we avoided, oh, avoided it, it? yeah yeah. Yeah.
1: Death in the towel, so. <laughs> yeah yeah mark's more of an upbeat kind of salesman he's more like you know a fully alive salesman <laughs> yeah. would be or <laughs> yeah. something yeah.
2: like that but very with a nice pulse All
1: right.
0: All right right, let, right. Let, let me throw you some uh throw some sales cliches at you because oh, you're yeah. the new selling sure, sure. fire away right. yeah. right. One. Right. i love it And tell me what you think about these good or bad how about money back guarantee
2: I think anytime you attach a guarantee to anything, right? you're saying that you have a high level of confidence in your product, in your service. Sure. So I think it works in a couple of ways. One, it holds um, whoever has to deliver that service product or widget to a different higher level of standard than if you didn't. Um, I think the name, right? the words money back guarantee, we immediately jump to infomercials and stuff like that. But I think yeah. if used appropriately and if used effectively can be really powerful. And I've seen a couple companies use that um, and absolutely crush
1: it with it. And it also uh, tugs on the safety, hard Strings like mm-hmm. people like to be safe. A long time ago, I read about this study that they did where they put a little ad when they had a little classified. They put a classified, said, You know, for 20 bucks, we'll send you this thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what they sent them was a blank piece of paper that huh. was the product. And they said, You know, money back guaranteed. It was like 15% of the people actually requested their money back. The point is, like, you can give a money-back guarantee, and most of the people are not going to come back and get it, even if they hate the product, even Mm -hmm. if it's a piece of paper you've handed them.
0: And they feel foolish to get back to it, or they're lazy or whatever. Yeah, right, Mm
1: -hmm. right, exactly. It's
0: like uh, the whole idea of rebates, right? You yeah, know, like just take the money off the price so I don't have mm-hmm. to go through the rebate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they make you go through the rebate because they know a significant n- number of people mm-hmm. are not going to yep. follow through. Yeah, people are busy, right? Right. right. Or right. just don't take action.
1: Hey, do you know the book uh, Influence? Robert Cialdini, I yeah. think Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one too yeah, because they, they talk a lot about the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of when people make a decision – they, like, will dig in their heels about, like, even if it's clearly they're wrong. No wants to so, lose, yeah. So right. something like that, like a money-back guarantee. Like, place, like yeah. I bought this. No, no, it's good because mm-hmm. this and that, you know, it, it would be like saying I was wrong if I, if I gave this back, yeah. right? So, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what what about
0: uh, the customer is always right? I don't think they are. Um, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. oh, wow, you heard hey. it. This no. is the new way of selling. No, well, I mean, <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah. right. They <laughs> just come right out and say they're wrong. You're wrong, yeah. The customer starts talking, you say, wrong
1: strong. It's part of building rapport. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, place.
2: Uh, well, so let me qualify <laughs> with that. So I think the customer doesn't always know what they're looking for, right? It's like the old adage of Henry Ford saying um, if I would have just listened to the customer they would have just wanted a faster horse. Mm-hmm. So while well, yes, I mean, should you try to treat them with the absolute utmost customer service and be empathetic uh, and deliver great quality customer service? Yeah, absolutely. People don't always know what kind of um, situation they may be in. Chris, maybe you see this, right, in, in your line of work where People don't understand the consequences of their choices, or they don't understand the consequences of their current situation. So, are they right in that situation? No, I don't think so. And should Mm. you know, I think it's your job then as a salesperson to deliver that truth. And you got to do it in a couple different ways, right? Maybe you got to be the velvet hammer. um, But at the end of the day, you don't help anybody by changing the truth.
0: At the end of the day, it's important to point out that they look foolish. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah can't absolutely. Like, like to idiot. their face, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you can demean them as much as possible. That's the really do the point, it as right?
2: callous and uh, as much yeah. as you can. Yeah, they need to know what, <laughs> where their place is,
0: right? I mean, let's see. How about when you go to the car salesman and they say, "What can I do to get you today? Yeah. Get you into this car today?" Is that necessary or not necessary?
2: Well, I think uh, you have to walk a fine line with urgency, right? Mm -hmm. People take action and they're busy, right? And so you have to find a way to get people to take action um, because as soon as they, you know, move on to their next task, that's like the last thing in their mind, right? They have moved on to the 35 other things in their day, whether it's their family or their kids or what they're having for dinner. you gotta walk a fine line with that. Although, you know, putting some sort of deadline in there is a good idea. Now that whole "What's it gonna take to get you in a car today?" That's kind of sleazy. My skin crawls a little bit
1: when somebody I actually hear that. said that to me once. When oh I yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. What's it gonna take to get yeah. you in a car today? Like, not talking like that. That's what it's gonna yeah, take. That, that's because <laughs> that's, gonna that's do. not gonna do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll do a sales pitch here for you. Okay. So you oh, all right. Yeah. Well, come up have with you been an practicing? Idea. Yeah, well, just okay. different things I come up with. How about this? Tires. Buy five, get the sixth one free. How about
1: that? <laughs> well, if I have hey, a
0: dually, right. I guess, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. It's <laughs> yeah, a possibility. I, how about Walmart brand water? You could say value added, it's high in arsenic. How about that? You get yeah. extras, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a bonus. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you got you to point these things out to the customer, right? Yeah, they need to know. <laughs> when I was a teen... And you want to get in the job market? You want to sell your potential boss yeah. on things? And so I thought about getting in the custodial business. Okay. So I wrote a bunch of letters. I said, "I'll come sweep the floors." Is that what it takes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, that, that went over. That, that didn't go over. How about the um, when they say uh, dress for the job you want, not the one you have in sales. How important was your attire?
2: So I worked in uh, like face-to-face sales. And so I think that's really knowing who your audience is. So for one half of my career, I sold to um, people in a like clinical setting, in a hospital setting. Uh, Another job I had where I was selling to engineering managers, right? And so um, just taking that for example, your engineering managers, whether mechanical or electrical, right? These are people that don't love change, right? Usually very conservative, very bundled up. So if I came in with like this flamboyant, Dragon and flame shirt, which uh, I don't have. I've seen you in, though, Jim. Yeah, you look yeah. Very nice. I get a couple
1: though. of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very right. nice.
2: <laughs> right? Like that probably wouldn't, I wouldn't be making any
1: friends. So I'm not going to probably not wear that when
0: I make it no, sales. No,
2: I would bring that out for date night. That's what I
1: would That's leave a that good one. Call. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would Maybe leave write that, that down. one Hold in the on the yeah, for. Okay. okay.
0: Um, Has the general <laughs> trend been more casual or people get more dressed up for sales?
2: I think it depends, right? So I work with a lot of companies that have internal sales teams. And so then it's as casual as you want to be, right? They want you to be comfortable and stuff like that. But for outside sales, I still like it when salespeople and people in general dress up, right? Especially mm-hmm. when they're kind of come to do business.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I've heard that, you know, as far as suits go, mm-hmm. right, you got to be a little bit careful with that because mm-hmm. you go to some place like a, you know, what, a car mechanic or something yeah. like that, nah, that's not really appropriate. But mm-hmm. but if you're talking about anything with like banking, insurance, anything with people's money, you better be wearing a suit because yeah. it says, you know, hey, we're serious. We're not here goofing around because you don't want anybody goofing around with their money. Yeah,
2: so. yeah. I got a great story of uh, my, so it would be my father-in-law, his brother, uh, sold printing equipment out in like the Colorado, Utah, Montana area. And he showed up to uh, this place with a tie one time. And they came over and like grabbed it and cut it off for him. Oh! Uh, yeah, they showed him that that is not how uh, you roll in, I don't know, whatever part of arena. Wyoming. That right, is, yeah, right. Like You're from around here,
1: here, are you, boy? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. You know, in uh, in Tommy Boy, there were some scenes where he's clearly showing frustration that mm-hmm. the things aren't going well. Have you seen stories of that, or did you experience that yourself? Where all of a sudden you've you had ex- expectation that the sale was going to go well, and all of a sudden it's going off the rails and. You feel that your frustration is coming out. Does yeah. that ever? Has that ever happened to you? Oh, hear yeah. stories about that? <laughs> absolutely.
2: Oh my gosh, there's been so many times where I've wanted to pull out my non-existing hair. Um, where you're in the middle <laughs> of like the sale and it's going great, and then something derails it. Oh yeah, I mean I've made all the mistakes when it comes to sales of getting too passionate, getting too excited, getting too uh, putting the cart before the horse, getting super frustrated when it's just like it's simple here. Like guys, come on yeah. and. Uh, uh, yeah, I've blown as many sales as you idiots. Yeah. Can't you see what's right in front of you? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't quite yeah. that aggressive with it, but I feel like in hindsight I should have. Yeah, you know, yeah. Nothing I mean, to lose at you that You probably that
1: point. didn't get the sale anyway, <laughs> no. so what the heck? Why oh my not gosh. Go
0: on no. to Blaze of Glory, right?
2: <laughs> Would have made a good
1: story. <laughs> did, you, did you
0: ever, in your frustration, get extra passionate and have it work out for you?
1: You can't handle the truth. That kind of thing. You yeah. Know, yeah. The Jack Nicholas.
2: Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I think there, there was a couple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: The great. Okay, go on. <laughs>
2: um, no, there was definitely a couple times where, I mean, a lot of times when I was starting my career and when I was selling an engineering product, so I'm in these conversations that are very technically driven, very dry. And I found that if I could just raise like my level of enthusiasm and my level of excitement for what we were talking about, I could get them enthusiastic about it, right? Because sure. people mirror how other people are and they feed off of that. And so, um, yeah, I used energy to uh, close a lot of sales or to like just try to get something going because... Sometimes that's all you have in some yeah. of those situations.
0: So your your book, raise your standards. It's mm-hmm. been out here now for about four months. Again, it was it was released in late 2019. Do you see yourself writing another book? Was the process interesting enough that you could do something like this again?
2: Yeah, I'm looking at writing a second book, hopefully in the next year or two. What about okay. fiction? Ooh, fiction!
0: Oh, nice. Ooh. Yeah, you got a story? Any?
2: Oh, I do love um, I do love Ian Fleming and the James Bond novels okay. and like the oh Bourne, yeah. uh, novels. Some type of
0: sales like spy meld.
2: I think I'd have to recruit my wife into this. She uh, she loves like spy thrillers and spy conspiracies mm-hmm. okay. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. she'll see someone at a restaurant and be like, Mark. I think that person's a spy over there like really? some reasoning sure. how they ordered right. you know right. some foreign middle eastern dishes I, like I got i got a title for you mm-hmm.
0: yeah okay abk always be killing you gotta go hop nice. on and buy
2: that website domain <laughs> real quick yeah
0: all right well hey uh with that you can read mark evans new book called raise your standards the definitive guide to building seven-figure sales And his book, Always Be Killing, when we look at next year, 2022. (laughs) Uh, In the 20s. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, it'll be in the 20s. It's going to be in the spy sales genre. (laughs) Look for it at Barnes & Noble and on Amazon, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. as you can find this book as well. Well, that wraps up the first half of the interview. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we will be back in 10 minutes, and we'll be back next week for you people on the web. Join us next time
1: on the Bait and Switch podcast for the conclusion of our interview with author Mark Evans when we tackle the awkward subject of performance enhancement.
0: I tend to do a lot of cycling. Yeah, in fact, I went to the Tour de France.
2: Love the tour. Yeah, you know, in really in oh, two
0: thousand one, yeah. uh, myself and my brother went there. No, and I... yeah, you've seen videos of them climbing these mountains right yes and they've got the spectators on either side and they're very close uh-huh. so i've got video of me back in 2001 i'm running alongside lance armstrong
2: no way. right and i'm
0: handing him a bag of blood <laughs>